0: Welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. I am your beautiful, gracious host, Daniel Hummer. I'm here with uh, my brother Doug. Yo. And our good buddy Eric.
1: What up, people?
0: What is up? We're here for uh top ten matches and moments for uh young French Canadian Rick Martel. Oh, you <laughs> <laughs> yes, I thought you might have, you know, it's a podcast. Yeah. Uh Yeah, no, he uh
2: Montreal's own. Yeah, he the man.
0: Uh, so it's gonna be a fun episode. We're gonna talk about a lot of good stuff that Rick Martel's done in the past has voted on by the people.
2: Yeah, and Facebook.com dot com slash group slash old school wrestling. Uh they've been voting for the last uh three days. Um now for anybody listening to this, this is pre recorded right now, so we can probably fuck up a lot and a lot of the a lot of the stuff we say is probably gonna get edited.
0: <laughs> so it'll be two minutes if we go for <clears> that model.
2: Uh, so um, you want me to do the plugs?
0: Yeah, go ahead. All
2: right, make sure you're listening to Boxman and Smart, the Wrestling Outlet, every Wednesday night, Mixler.com/slash Wrestling Outlet. They can be found on all major podcast platforms. Uh, usually around ten fifteen, ten twenty-ish Eastern time. Uh, then of course Saturday nights, Hollywood Hangout, Mixler.com/slash Hollywood Hangout. Um. That Saturday nights, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Listen to us Friday nights, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time for the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. We are usually live. Tonight, of course, was a pre-record because Daniel and I have plans on Friday and Eric still thinks there's a chance of him getting in the heavens, so he's going to church Friday night. Because uh, he just doesn't want to accept faith. Um... <laughs>
0: Uh, course, uh, you could use a little church. <laughs> yeah. I'll burst into flames. Um uh so
2: um tonight or er, so tonight uh, top ten moments and matches of Rick Martel. Keep going. And then uh next week, uh May the twentieth will be another episode we're gonna beat the war we're gonna bang the war drums again as uh, we're going to be reviewing episodes of Raw and Nitro from May 19th, 1997. And then May 27th, we're going to do, uh, in edition of,
3: uh,
2: we are going to do a feud retrospective, Randy Orton and Mick Foley. Uh, June 3rd, it was going to be uh, our Top ten uh, greatest factions of all time countdown, uh, but I'm gonna push that back a little bit because we're gonna do uh, instead on June 3rd we're gonna review WWE Money in the Bank 2016, or oh, okay. uh, because it, it had one of AJ Styles' best matches on it, and it's good. And June 2nd is AJ Styles' birthday. Right. Uh, And then on June the 10th, we're going to be bringing you a fantasy event, Unscripted Clash of Champions. I'll get more details into that as we get closer, Uh, and then so on and so forth. But June 17th will be the top 10 uh, greatest factions of all time countdown. Listen to us Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern time for Unscripted Unlimited. There will be no show on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday. If you're listening to this on Friday, tomorrow. Uh, And then, but next week, Eric, are you on the show next week?
1: The 20th? Yeah, I should be.
2: 21st. The Saturday show.
1: Yeah, I'm off. Yeah. Okay,
2: so then that'll be your turn to pick. All right. And, but I've already made the decision of what we're doing on the 28th because that'll be my turn. And we're going to count down the top 10 worst cartoons of all time. Cool. We're going to vote on it by the people. Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Or, yes, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Stabcast. cast. You and Mindy don't know what you're doing yet, right? No, I don't even know if we're doing it this week. Okay. Then check out, uh, check out our eBay store, DDE Collectibles. Fun stuff up. We got some great stuff up this week. Eric's going to have a lot of shipping to do. Um,
1: yeah, I know. We'll
2: put, some, put some more. We'll put some more stuff up on Saturday, uh, and then of course, check out our buddy Sean, Elite Diplodoc on YouTube, and Sneaky Fatty on Twitch.
0: Is that it? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bubba. Let, let's keep going. Keep rolling with the good times and do Rick Martel top ten matches and moments. Okay. All right. You want me to start out with number 10? Okay. (laughs) Well, yeah, you're the one. I gave you the phone. All right. Our number 10 on our list is uh, Rick Martell and Nick Bachwinkle for the AWA title.
2: March 28th, 1985. I actually watched this earlier because I took a few minutes to poop. Cool. Uh, And this match is actually funny, it happened in Winnipeg in Canada, which is Martel territory, kind of. And in the match, Bachwinkle thought he won the match, but Martel had his foot up on the rope. The referee counted three, but then he realized, oh, shit, you know, I fucked up. So he said, no, three count doesn't count. And then Martel hit his back suplex into a bridge finish that he does Nick put his foot on the rope, but the referee, but the referee missed it and counted the three and gave the match to Martel. Right. So, uh, this was in the midst of Martel's year and a half run as AWA champ. Uh, he held the belt, I believe, 19 months of, and Nick Bockwinkel was actually the one that went to the AWA offices. And said, hey, you know, we need to make this guy the champion. He's a good young baby face. He's uh, somebody the fans can get behind. That was a lie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they let him have a long run for it because, you know, everybody everybody liked Martel.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, you a lot of people prefer him as a heel, but I didn't mind him as a baby face.
2: I always thought he was kind of boring as a babyface, except for like I kind I like the Tito stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: What if he was teaming with Tito.
0: Strikeforce.
1: Yeah. Good old Force.
0: All right. Uh, did you ever see this match, Eric? Or? It's
1: um 328, right? 328.85. I'm actually watching it right now. Oh.
0: What do you think?
1: I think it's a good match. I thought it should be um, further on the list.
2: <laughs> to be honest with you, it was until you
1: voted. Oh. <laughs> it was my fault. <laughs> that's, a, that's funny. All right. Next. right. I'm trying to break up
0: to a tiebreaker next time. Yeah. Uh, partner with Tony Gurria against the Moondogs for the WWF tag titles, 1981.
2: Is that... Uh... That's just a regular match, right? All right, so that's when they won the belts back. Uh,
0: what did you think of him and Guerrilla as a team?
2: I thought they were they worked very well as a team. I mean, I think that Tony Guerrilla was also kind of a very, you know, bland wrestler of uh, but um like but I, I do think that him and uh Martel kinda complemented each each other's styles well. Right. Uh, but no, this is when they got the belts back uh, after losing him earlier in the year to the Moon Dog. Uh, so this was the start of reign
1: number two.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, I, I thought they no. also, uh Go ahead, Eric.
1: I was going to ask Doug, um, which one do you think he was his best tag team partner,
0: and or um Tito. Yeah, Tito. I prefer uh, Tito as well.
2: I mean, it's nothing against Tony Garea, because Tony Garea, you know, had a long relationship with the company.
0: Yeah, he, he was all
1: right. Was he? Was he friends with either one of them? Like close to them?
0: I think
2: he was close with. Uh, I believe he was closer. I think with Tony, him and Tito were kind of just thrown together.
1: Thrown together. Yeah, cuz uh they
2: had <laughs> they had um they had to come up with a different uh, solution when Tom Zink left the company. Right.
1: Yep. So
0: and he, he left no, the
2: company in what 92, right? No, I'm talking about Tom Zink, uh, the partner that uh Martell originally came in with in '87.
1: Oh, um, yeah, that
2: that's right. So yeah, he left in like '87 cuz he just he didn't uh or I don't even know what the hell his problem was.
1: I think it was money issue.
2: Probably. He probably felt felt like he needed to get more than you know what he was actually getting or more than what he
1: was actually
0: worth. He, yeah, everybody does.
1: He thought that Rick
0: Martel was uh getting more money.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It makes sense.
0: All right, next up Buddy Rowe versus uh Buddy Rose for the NWA. Pacific Northwest. Heavyweight title. Two out of three falls. No DQ. Eight, nineteen eighty. All right. So this is
2: technically the end of the... Few. So quite a few of the things on this list were uh, um, from his days in Portland. Uh so, oh, wow. And this match, basically, this was to end the feud because he beat Buddy for the title. Right. And then... Uh, they had a long feud and this was basically to you know to end it because Buddy Rose was one of the biggest stars in Portland at the time it was basically Buddy Rose and Roddy Piper basically you know made the territory
0: yeah I mean it makes sense uh, of any two people to run a territory it makes sense that it was that too Uh, Eric did you ever see this one
1: no, I didn't. I'm trying to find it on YouTube and watch it later.
0: What did you think of uh, Buddy Rose back in the day, Doug? I thought, it, it, see, this is around the time where he was actually, he was, you know,
2: well-built. He was very athletic. Uh, he wasn't the fat blob that we would know uh, him as when he came to the WWF in 1990. But uh, no, I thought that it, he was a, he was a very good heel.
0: And who who did the job in this one?
2: Uh, this was the end of the feud. This was uh, Buddy doing the job. Good for Rick. Oh wow! Rick defended the title and he retained it.
0: So, uh, which period is his finest? Would you go model or would you say uh, AWA champion or maybe Strike Force? Or- I would say the AWA
2: or not. Or actually, no. I wouldn't say the AWA. I would say the model. Because that really showed that
0: he had personality. Yeah, that was a fun character. Yeah. All right. Him and Tommy Rich against Ivan Ivan Koloff and Ole Anderson for the NWA Georgia Tag Titles. Uh, Nine twenty three, nineteen seventy
2: eight. All right. So this was technically the first territory he worked. Or actually, no, it wasn't the first territory. His first territory he worked was Florida, but uh, this is where he really started to kind of, you know,
0: pick up some steam. Yeah.
2: Pick up some steam, get a name. Uh, cause he was teaming with Tommy, who was the biggest star in the territory at the time. Uh, it also helped that the, uh, the promoter of the territory absolutely loved Tommy Rich, uh, especially having certain body parts of Tommy in his mouth. Uh, It might be the item. But they did fancy. Unfortunately, Eric, that's a true story. We're not just making it up to be
1: dicks. I was going to say, is that true or are you just being sarcastic? (laughs) No, it's actually
2: true. It's a
0: rumor, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Seems like he he did a lot of tag jobs. Would we say that he's more of a tag team wrestler or better as a single, or one of those guys that could just do both?
2: I think he could do both if given the opportunity. His earlier stuff, you know, for the most part. And uh, so, like when you had, uh, so he could do both. It's just I think it just also depended on the partner. Uh,
1: why why didn't he? Not um, more used in WWF, like in he the was. main event.
2: Uh, Vince probably just didn't see him as a main event player at that time.
0: I mean, he got there kind of not late into his career, but like, I don't know, because there was always a different top guy when, like, he was the undercard for Hogan, and then he was always, like, in the mid card, like, uh you know, when Brett and Sean were coming. So it's, it, the spot just always seems filled. You know what in, I mean? In
2: ninety two, I think they were they were trying to see, hey, maybe we can do something with this guy. Because he was starting to pick up victories over, you know, mid card guys that he normally would not beat. By who? Uh, well, it didn't make the list, but uh there's a well, it didn't make the top ten. It's on the list, but it didn't make the top ten. Uh he wrote the Boss Man at MSG in February of ninety two. And he beat Bossman. He beat Boss Man, yeah. Well, because that's when he started just smacking guys in the face with the cologne. Yeah. Oh yeah. Instead of spraying them in the eyes, he would just smack them in the mouth with it. <laughs> All right. Number six, right?
0: Yeah. Sure. Strike Force. The I think the first time we've seen them. Strike Force against the Heart against the Heart Foundation for the WWF Tag Titles, October twenty seventh, nineteen
2: eighty seven. Okay. Uh, so Strike Force had formed in August of 87, which by the way was on the list, uh, uh, which was on the list up until about an hour and a half ago when Eric, when Eric finally voted. Uh, (laughs) and, um, so they formed in August of 87 because the original plan was The Can-Am connection was going to be, we're going to be the ones to take the WWF tag titles away from, uh, from the hearts. Uh, But Tom Zink left. So they're like, all right, we got to get him another partner. We're not doing anything with Tito. So let's do this. So they put them together. And also it was, one of the reasons why Martell had to have a partner is because the pile, the Pile Driver album was coming out,
0: right? The soundtrack for the WWF.
2: Yeah, the, so Pile Driver, the wrestling album too, and they had gotten this guy Robbie Dupree who was gonna, who was writing a writing a track for. Uh, it was supposed to be a track for a babyface tag team, and uh, called Girls in Cars. Which basically was just gonna the instrumental was gonna be used as uh, um Martell or was gonna be used as the Babyface team's theme song. So then uh, what they did was they filmed this video, which Tito and Rick were supposed to be in, but for some re- <laughs> but for some reason they forgot to add uh, their part in the video in the video. <laughs> That's funny. So they were never in it. Well, they were there. They were there when they shot the video. So they shoot this video, and uh, so it's just like okay. And but also too another tag team that was kind of you know on the rise, a young babyface tag team, Paul Roman, Jim Powers, the Young Stallions. They got a track sung by Jimmy Hart. It was used as their song, and they were also considered for the. Uh, for the role is top babyface tagging. Problem is, they didn't like each other.
0: They weren't fans?
2: They, no, they weren't friends.
0: Fans of each other?
2: Yeah, no, they weren't fans of each other at all. Uh, Paul Roma hated Jim Powers, and Jim Powers, uh, thought even less of Paul Roma. <laughs> so, they have this match. It was uh, a title match on television on Superstars of Wrestling. Uh, Hard Foundation had held the belts for up to uh nine months at that point. It was a good it was a good uh tag match and you know Martel's the one that got the submission when he put Jim Nighthart in the Boston Crab and they won the titles and began his five month long reign.
0: Hell yeah. Uh I'm surprised none of the matches with uh your boys are on here. Oh, with demolition? Yeah. I didn't put them on there because he didn't win it. All right, uh, sort of apropos, number five. This is Rick Martel turns on uh, Tito at WrestleMania 5. There you go, number five, WrestleMania 5. Okay, uh,
2: so Martel had to take some time off. Uh, and the reason why he took time off is his wife, was very sick. She was battling uh, I think she was I'm not sure if she was battling cancer or what. But she was very sick. He asked for the time off. They wrote him off in July of 88. Uh, and so what so then when they came back, they said all right, we're going to run this angle. You guys because they didn't even really team together up uh, you know at all when Rick came back. They did the one match at WrestleMania so they could do the the turn.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And
2: then uh um, Rick turned on him, and then which was uh I mean, it was a good turn, I think, at that point. What happens is Tito accidentally hits him with the forearm, he's on the apron, he's pissed off he just decided to walk away. Brainbusters get the win. Uh Yes, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard actually wrestled at a WrestleMania uh and then afterwards Rick Martel said I never needed him. Uh-huh. You know, and all that stuff. Even though like the announcers were saying, "Oh, he's the one that wanted Strike Force to get back together." Who,
0: Rick? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not a uh... Shot through Marty through the window or anything, but it's pretty solid heel turn.
2: Yeah, and then he took out Slick as his manager.
0: Right. Uh, what did you think of this heel turn, Eric? I
1: thought it was done well. I thought um, he played it well, um, hitting him by accident, and then not t- letting him tag him. So I thought it was well done heel turn.
0: Uh, all right, let's go on to number four already. Uh, Rick Martell last 52 minutes in the 1991 Royal Rumble match. How big was this, Doug? So you can uh, book these long endurance Royal Rumble
2: uh, deals in two ways. One is that you really get the baby face over by showing how much endurance they have by having them, you know, last so long. And then, you know, they get eliminated and it's just like, oh, you know, what a performance they had or whatever, or you can have a heel last a long time. And then you get the baby face over by finally getting the son of a bitch out of the ring. Uh, and so that's what they did here. Cause the 91 Royal Rumble, Hogan may have won the 91 Royal Rumble, but I feel like the 91 Rumble was, was really used to get Davy boy Smith over. And, uh, so, because Davey Boy, he eliminated Haku, he eliminated Mr. Perfect, he got rid of Martel, uh, he lasted 35 minutes himself, but Martel being in there, because, you know, Martel was able to eliminate a few guys himself, including Jake the Nick Roberts, who he was in a feud with at the time, by avoiding Jake the whole time and pulling Jake uh, out of the ring through... Uh, from the apron. So, and Martel technically was like, he was high up there on like the top heel, the top heel list from, uh, you know, in early 91, because he was the one that blinded Jacob Snake Roberts.
0: Right. With the cologne, that was a big deal.
1: Yeah. Was
2: that his uh, best
0: feud,
1: you think? Huh? No. What? What was his best feud? And the
0: WWF was probably Jake. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's hard it to Nick? make a heel against Jake the Snake, you know? He's yeah. He's the ultimate heel. Well, oh, yeah. Around, the, around this time, he was
2: over, he was over though, as a baby face.
0: Yeah, but that really tells you how good Rick is as a heel, too. Yeah. Uh, anything else on that?
1: What's his feud? What's his that is best feud, isn't um, he? Oh, thank you. Was Nick Bachwinkle his best feud?
0: Does it rank up yeah. there? Or?
2: Probably not. No.
0: What would be the top three?
2: Jake the Snake.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, Tito. Well, I mean, I would put Jake in one. I would put Tito in two.
0: I feel like him and Tito didn't have that great of a feud.
2: Well, because they used that feud mainly to build the house show.
0: Yeah, we didn't well, see
2: that. it. They used it to build the house shows and they used that as the storyline for the nineteen eighty nine King of the Ring tournament, which was a house show gimmick. Oh. I mean it sold out the houses, yeah. yeah. But I know about it. What? Uh anyway. But it would be Jake, it would be it would be Tito and then probably I'd say probably the few with Tatanka where he helped get Tatanka over.
0: As a oh. Yeah. All right. Martel and Roddy versus the sheep herders, 2 out of 3 falls. January 19th, 1980.
2: All right, so this was uh Rod, or Martel had a couple of different or actually no, this wasn't even for the uh, Pacific Tag title. This was just it was uh, just a basic feud. Piper was one of his partners. They were both baby faces. Sheep herders were heels. And Portland loves to do two out of three fall matches. You know, they did it with uh, Buddy they did it with Buddy Rose. You know, him and Buddy Rose actually had a few two out of three falls matches.
0: There's a few of them are on here.
2: Yeah, exactly. So uh but basically this was, you know, two baby faces, you know, just fighting uh you know, common common enemy, you know, the top heel team in the territory.
0: Right. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, him and Roddy are an interesting team. Yeah. Well, they both, they're both they both connected. They both had
2: personality. It just took forever. Yeah, it took forever to get it out of Martel. Piper, you could tell he had personality right away, even though he was very shy at first.
0: Yeah. I'd have to find this match on YouTube. Yeah. I love uh, I love all four guys. The sheep sheepherders against those two would be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> you probably win. Who did win?
2: Uh, if I put it on the list, it was it was uh, Rick and Roddy.
0: So it was only Martell Dubs here. Uh,
2: except for the blindfold match.
0: That didn't make it, did it?
2: It didn't ma- it didn't make it on the list, no. That's or I nuts. mean it didn't make it on the top ten.
0: I can't believe it. to yeah. me that's one of the ones I remember. Yeah.
2: Uh and he didn't win that ninety one Royal Rumble but
0: Alright. Against Jumbo Saruta for the AWA title.
2: How the hell did you get that
0: right? I don't know. Five thirty four and nineteen eighty four. Five thirty four?
2: Thirty
0: one. Okay. It happened on a day that doesn't exist. All
2: right. So, this was the experiment. AWA was, you know, having some trouble uh, because Vince McMahon. Took all their fucking people. Took all their people. And the issue, too, I I don't think they really had an issue with Vince uh, taking the talent. It was more the talent that said, see you bye. Yeah. Uh, didn't work out a notice because back in those territory days, you had to work a, you know, because you're on, like, a handshake deal, but, like, it was common courtesy, you work out a six-week notice. So, because for syndication rules, you know, because a show syndicated six weeks ahead of time. Yeah. So, like, you felt... (laughs) finish out your date, they give you a booking sheet. You basically, when you're handed that sheet, you work all those dates. Yeah. But you give a six week notice, so they know in six weeks not to give you that sheet. Uh, but these guys were basically being told by McMahon allegedly. I mean, he denies it, but I wouldn't believe him if, it, if his tongue were notarized. <laughs> he basically told them, hey, uh, just come here, fuck Vern, gonna put them out of business anyway uh you know you're good and but that really fucked up the awa but vince to make sure that they didn't do what he had them do to other promoters to make sure they didn't do it to him he signed them a contracts right away and by the way contracts were not like really a thing back then right it was more hey you're coming in all right let's shake hands you're gonna work these amount of dates. We're gonna pay you,
0: right?
2: You know, Vince fucks over all these guys, and to make sure he doesn't get fucked over, he draws up these little pieces of paper. Says, "Sign these, so you don't fuck me like I had you fuck over Verganga or whoever." Uh, and you know, there you go. So Vince was smart because if these guys would have just signed contracts, Vince would have had to go fuck himself, right? Uh. <clears throat> I mean, and, you know, Vince, obviously, you know, uh, you know he he did a lot of stuff to a lot of people back then. I, I'm pretty sure that's the one reason why Vince McMahon hasn't let himself die yet, because he's afraid that Vern Gang is waiting up in heaven with a shotgun. Being like, All right, come on, you son of a bitch, I'm finally going to get my shot at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, so to get back at Martell winning the AWA title, this was basically him... Uh, uh, but, uh, so
0: what the fuck are you talking about? All right. I mean, his AWA career was, had a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. Uh, I I think the, the spin of him on his own, uh, you know, as a baby face, it it never really worked. I I liked it here. And I, I liked the experiment with other guys coming in and, uh, you know, they they worked with what they had. But uh, this was the dying days of AWA, and you can kind of tell. Yeah. I mean, it, and this was also Pro Wrestling
2: USA, the right. whole thing. We talked about it last week where all the companies kind of banded together because they are going to fight against Vince. Uh, Saruta coming in was basically just a Japanese deal because they had Saito who was doing all the, the talking for him. Uh, so Saruta defeated Nick Bockwinkle so then Saruta could drop the title to Martell and Bockwinkle and Martel can have their string of matches. A lot of people say that Rick Martell failed as the AWA champion but when Bockwinkle was the only guy you have to work with and Bockwinkle's 51
1: like what do you expect?
0: Right what do you think eh?
1: Uh, hey, I didn't see this one, uh, one. Nice. You looked up
2: everything else except for the match. He won the
1: title. Yeah. That bad. all <laughs>
0: good. All right. Let's go to number one then. Uh, another two out of three false match with Buddy Rose for the NWA uh,
2: Pacific North Heavyweight title. All right. This is where he won the title because this is the February match, right? Right. All right. He won the title here. He would have that lengthy run. And back in those days, too, you know, we talked earlier on the match happened in July where they had the no DQ and it was the ball after the feud. Back in those days, like, you can have, like, these lengthy feuds that nobody really gets tired of as long as it keeps drawing the people to the house. Right. If it draws you to the house, obviously it's going to fucking work.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Uh,
2: and Buddy Rose was a huge enough draw as a heel to where you could put all these young baby faces with him and, you know, there, there's no issue.
0: Exactly. So uh, that's it. He wins the title. Uh, how long of a reign does he have?
1: Uh,
2: I'm pretty sure he only kept the title like. Uh, maybe a month after that last match with Rose. Okay. Because then he moved. He moved on to. He moved on to New York right after. Who did he drop the title
0: to?
1: I can't remember.
0: All right, er- Eric. Do you well, remember this one? Did you look this one up?
1: No, I didn't. But I have a question for Doug. Okay. What what would you say was his uh, best title reign in AWA? A- a- w- a- w- a? Well, he only had one title
2: reign in the AWA, so.
1: Oh, I thought he. I know. Oh, okay, he only won it one time. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: I thought he won it. But he held the times. title for
2: seventeen for like nineteen months.
0: That is a bad run. Okay.
1: Yeah. No, it's not.
0: Well, when. That one of the longest added.
2: runs
1: in the. Uh, AWA. Sorry, dude.
2: Uh, no, because you know Verne used to hold it for like fifty, sixty years. <laughs> We're an forever in a fucking day wow uh, I mean it was and again the experiment with him Vern had two guys in mind to uh, to drop the title to
0: yeah.
2: it was either going to be Martell or Jerry Blackwell Jerry Blackwell could hardly move and so Bockwinkle's just like he, you know Martell can sell for me yeah, I can bump for him without having to worry about getting crushed by a big fat body part because Jerry Blackwell was also 450 pounds and had also, you know, caused guys to get hurt. Damn.
0: I wish. I'm not gonna lie though. I wish. I know we were in an old school group, but I wish uh, more of his WWF run.
2: Yeah, uh, I kind of wish that too because that's mainly like what I remember, but uh. Yeah, me too.
0: That was my uh favorite version of Rick Martel. But uh Alright. Any final thoughts, Eric?
1: I mean I, I learned a lot from uh this episode about uh I didn't know too much about him, but I did a little bit of research when I before the show, so I learned a lot today from about Rick Martel. He seems like he was a great wrestler. Um, unfortunately, he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, right?
2: No, and that's because he doesn't want to go in. Oh. I think
1: they—they've okay. asked him.
2: Rick Martel is very happy, you know, being left alone. Of uh, he doesn't like to do appearances because they've asked him to do like several autograph signings. He says no. He's, a, I think he's a real estate.
1: Good for him. I mean, he's a loner, basically.
0: He's done with wrestling. Uh, yeah. He's one of my favorite of all time, one of the best heels. I uh, really liked him in the WWF when he finally got there. And uh, one of the best French Canadians there ever was. Uh, Rick, the model Martel was fantastic. Do you have any final thoughts, Doug? He's 66 years old. Yeah. Yeah of uh, he he
2: was a he was a good baby face, but he was a great heel um I think that if uh the w w f would have pulled the trigger on him and made him a world champion, it would have worked, especially like later on when it became more about the wrestling and less about the character of uh, so I think. Um, but you know, for what we got from him, again, I love the Strike Force tag team. I thought he did an excellent job there. Uh, and you know, probably, I mean, I, I personally think that WrestleMania six should have been him and Tito, not Tito and Barbarian and Martel and Coco. Yeah, you should have blown. You should have blown it off there. Yeah, you didn't. You fucked up. Well, not. You obviously, because uh, you weren't even around yet. <laughs> uh but uh no, he was uh I mean he was great. I mean that model gimmick it almost it's almost like the model gimmick suited him perfectly.
0: He really made it work and uh Rick Martel was uh one of the greatest mid carders of all time and uh he definitely could have done a bit more but he he had a pretty long and great career. So uh we'll see everybody next week and this has a lot of fun. Or, or go ahead, Eric. Uh, okay. I was gonna say he kinda
1: reminds me of like Shawn Michaels with the, with the arrogance.
0: Yeah, yeah. Back we, in the day. Yeah, yeah. Kind of an
1: older version of Michaels. Yeah. I would have li- I would've liked to see them have some more matches today. They're probably very similar, right?
0: Yeah, in ways. I mean, uh, Martel wasn't as flippy, but he could high fly a little bit. He was pretty agile. So, yeah, they had similar. St- All right. We'll see to no, you're fine. Uh, Bye. It was, was a lot of fun, and we'll see everybody next time. All right.